Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We're live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. Uh, as always, you can check us out on the uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook stream, the the YouTube comments. We've been talking about Chernobyl for a lot of the last uh, couple segments here, which I'm sure is unusual if you're just tuning in. You're like, wait, why are they talking about Chernobyl? Uh, <laughs> coming up uh, right now here on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is our friend Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How you guys doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bruncey. Brunts, what is what do the holidays look like in the in the Brunts household? Well, he waits in line for soup and then he goes home and <laughs> makes it or eats That's it. True, uh, I eat it. Yeah, I don't. You wait in line so you don't have to make. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. Uh, it, was, it was pretty uh, low key, I think. Got two two kids under the age of five, so it's uh, you know controlled chaos some of the times, <laughs> but otherwise it's pretty good. Good, good. Well, I'm I'm glad you had a a low key holiday there. Um, not so low key here. Actually, before we get into Nebraska stuff, it, Brunch, you know what Chernobyl is, right? Like the the location, like the nuclear, like, like yeah, like what happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we were at we were having a conversation earlier about. Uh, are you familiar with like the men thinking about the Roman Empire thing too much? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Okay, so I was trying to figure out like what is our version, what is the thing, random thing that you think about too much, and one of mine is Chernobyl. Do you have one? Do you have a thing that 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 serves no purpose in your life that you think about too much? <laughs> yeah. Is it the Oakland A's? I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> that that's probably true. Um, Ouch. I don't know. I, there, it, there's a bunch of random things. I. I don't even. I don't know that there's. I don't. I don't know that I have just one thing that I, I usually mm-hmm. go back to. I feel like uh, getting put on the spot with a question like this too is difficult because in the moment I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is what Ravi was talking about." Yeah. But until yeah. I'm in that moment, don't worry, Brunson. I could hardly <laughs> think of anything either. I didn't even know what Chernobyl was. <laughs> oh no! Um, <laughs> don't oh no uh, me. <laughs> I didn't learn that in school. Uh, I'll come up with something before the end of this conversation, maybe. Okay. <sighs> don't don't set that bar. Don't, don't set <laughs> it. Uh, Brunt, speaking of setting the bar, uh, Dylan Royola was in town to, or is in town, to help recruit the, uh, hopefully, some of his receivers uh, to the next class. As far as the guys that Nebraska is bringing in uh, for visits this weekend, where do you think their priorities uh, where do you think they should be and where do you think they are in terms of who they need to land the most between the, the two linebackers, the two wide receivers, and the running back? Yeah, I think it's on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I, I think when you look at, you know, just if you just laid out the depth chart right now and, and you know, where they've got guys, I mean, I, I think running back is one where it, you just need another kind of bigger back. Like and a guy that can, you know, get in there and, and carry it fifteen twenty times a game if you need him to. And you know, Dante Dowdell is a little bit more of a like, like what you would think of more of like a, a typical Big Ten back. I mean, and and the the running backs that Nebraska was 
you know, kind of loosely connected to in the transfer portal to this point, plus Dowdell. I mean, they're they're bigger backs. They're like the Gabe Irvin type backs. And I think with the question marks around, you know, kind of how Irvin's going to come back from that hip injury, um, you know, Ramir Johnson's got, uh, you know, is coming back from injury also. He's a little bit of a different back, too. Um, I, I just think you need somebody in that room that you can count on with a little bit more consistency. I mean, I think they love Quentin Ives and, and what he can be long term, but we haven't seen that. So it's hard to say, you know, this is a guy that's going to be, you know, ready to go in, in the fall. So th- that to me is kind of the biggest need right now. And then I, I think with the wide receiver group, you feel great about the the, the young guys in that room, the Dosses, the Colbits, the. Uh, the Lloyds and kind of what they were able to do last year and the, and the trajectory that they're on. But I think you need somebody that's a little bit more of a bigger body kind of veteran. And, and both of the guys that they're going to be hosting during this window, Nair and Banks, are, are that kind of wide receiver. I mean, they're 6'3", 215 pounds, kind of that, that ideal size that, that you look for, a guy that can go in high point to ball and kind of take some of the, the stress off of those guys, uh, off the young guys, and not have to step in and just be the guy from the get-go this year. So th- those are kind of the, the, the priorities in my mind. And then the two linebackers, like, there's a need there. I mean, I, I think getting John Bullock back, that might have been one of the sneaky biggest um, returns that they had this year um, of, of guys that had decisions to make. But I, I think, you know, the offensive side of the ball, I think, is where it's probably going to end up being. Bruncey, you mentioned some of those visitors making their way to Nebraska this weekend. Dylan Rayola on campus, as we saw last night, um, you know, enjoying his time at the vault. Uh, but, you know, I, it had me thinking a little bit about, okay, Dylan Rayola is there. We talk about how he has influence in recruiting. But how much influence do you think he actually holds in those situations? Like, from on a scale from 0 to 10, 10 being a lot, how much influence does Dylan Rayola hold? Um... I mean, a little bit. I mean, they, you know, Jamal Banks told us that you know he was one of the reasons that he was kind of looking a little bit, uh, at least intrigued by Nebraska. I mean, I, I think any time you have the the number one quarterback in the country, um, depending on what service you, you go by, um, and that guy is going to a place that has not been to a bowl game since 2016, <laughs> there's kind of like an intrigue there, right? Like, what, what am I missing that that, that – you know that, that they're seeing there that I'm not, and I, I think that there's that kind of at play. I think the fact that you just have some uh, have a quarterback around, I think that helps. I mean, you know, right now Nebraska's quarterback room is uh, in a state of flux, and you know you, you've got a guy on on campus who's kind of doing some peer recruiting that um, you know it could potentially be throwing you the ball. I mean, it's good to have him around. So um, I, I think that helps. Um, you know, and, and it's the, these transfer portal visits are kind of unique too because you know a lot of these guys aren't on campus for the full 48 hours that they're allowed to be. I mean, some guys it's they're in for 24 hours and then they're on to the next school just because that's the that that's the schedule that they're operating under. It's a time crunch. Also, I mean, these guys have been in college for you know four or five years. They, they don't really kind of need the bells and whistles and everything. They just kind of need the the, the kind of list of what they need to see and, and, and not all the, the extra stuff. So 
you know, having him around, I, I think that helps. Um, and it gives you a little buzz. I mean, a, a little buzz is never a bad thing, too, when it comes to, you know, trying to sell these guys that your program's on the upward swing. We're talking to Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. You know, you mentioned the sort of anomaly of the number one quarterback in the country, and, and we'll say that because we use the correct recruiting service, Husker 24-7. Um, <laughs> we... <laughs> We mentioned sort of the anomaly of a, of a guy like Dylan Rayola coming to a place like Nebraska just in, in the sense of their recent results. And, and then we also at the same time are seeing a national championship game between two teams, Washington especially, who has not been your typical profile of what we see in terms of recruiting in that national championship game. Even Michigan is sort of a tear down from that really high-level group, your Ohio State, Alabama, Georgias of the world. Do you think that's part of a larger trend, both the Rayola and the uh, and the, the national championship game matchup of kind of a, a, a growing parity possibly in college football, or do you think maybe we're just looking at an outlier here? Uh, it, it feels like an outlier. I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, with, with the Raiola stuff, I mean, obviously the, the, the connection to mm-hmm. the program um, is, is, you know, so huge. So um, I, I think that matters more. I mean, I think Kalen DeBoer, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Washington being where they are. I mean, I think he's just a damn good football coach. Um, you know, I, I think – They've found some talented guys. I think they've developed talented guys, and I think, I, I think what it is more representative of at Washington is, is what can happen when you find the right quarterback. I mean, I, I, I think anybody that's watched Michael Penix, you know, this year or last year, can you know knew what kind of arm, arm talent he had. You know, that wide receiver group they've got is really impressive, and I, I think it's a really nice mix of system quarterback. Um, you know, just the, the coach that uh, DeBoer is, um, I, I think that all helps. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there, there's too much evidence that you got to recruit at a high level, um, at a really high level, to kind of get to this point, um, you know, to, to say that, you know, there's a trend that's developing. I, you need to see more. I mean, I'll be curious to see what happens when they expand the playoff if you start getting teams in there that are, you know, regularly around, like, let's say 20 in the recruiting rankings every year. Um, you know, if that kind of, you know, becomes something. But, you know, Washington to me feels a little bit like more of an outlier. But I, I don't know that I, – I think also there's things going on there that, that you can maybe pull on too where, like, you know, you get the right quarterback, you get the right coach and everything in the right spot, and uh, maybe you, you, you can do something there. Bruns, when you and your colleagues are, are talking to some of these guys as they're either making their college decisions or after they've gotten on campus, how much, because you mentioned the, the expanded playoff, and I, I think it's a good point, how much does the ability to compete for a national championship come up in those conversations? I know relationships come up all the time. I know fit and scheme and all this kind of stuff comes up a lot. How much does that come up? Because I do think that the, the expanded playoff could change things. I'm just curious what you've seen. Yeah, not much. I mean, it's, it's a lot of its relationship, and that will always drive the, drive the bus um, for, for kids where they recruit or where they commit. I, I, you know, I, I think – I think as it kind of gets going, maybe that'll be more of a factor. I mean, it, it's. I, I think schools can be a little bit more honest and, and not be so disingenuous and say, "Look, we've got a chance to, 
to you know get in there every year and have a chance to win some games. I mean, I, I think a lot of the the recruits that I talk to, at least, it, it's more kind of a uh, not not a specific with you know national title type stuff, but like getting things going in the right direction or mm. getting it back to where where it used to be or, or those kinds of things. Not not necessarily like we're going to get in the college football playoff. We're going to win when we get there, kind of a thing. So. Um, yeah, maybe that maybe that changes, but um, you know, I, I, it's always to me. I mean, the relationship piece of it is always so huge with recruiting, and, and you know, at least with this Nebraska staff, I, I think they've done a pretty good job of um, developing fast relationships with kids, and um, you know, you're seeing the results on the recruiting trail now. Bruncey, all week long and really all off-season long, I know it's been short, but we've been talking about the offense and what needs to improve, the additions we'd like to see. I want to give the defense some more love now, though, or at least some credit for who they were able to bring in and retain this off-season. Do you think they'll be equally intimidating or more daunting in Tony White's second Husker season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got a chance to to be to kind of take another step. I mean, you know, you, you've got the essentially the the same cast of characters back. I mean, you lost some guys at safety, but I think I don't I don't know that you're going to be hurting to find guys to step in and fill those roles this year. Um, you know, I, I think the other piece of it too. You go back to last year. I mean, there were a lot of guys that ended up playing a lot of football for Nebraska that this time a year ago, you probably would not have factored uh, into that conversation. Um, you know, I, I would not have expected to be talking about John Bullock as much as we did um, in January last year. You know, I think everybody over there liked Deshaun Singleton, but I don't think that everybody kind of knew the impact that he was going to have. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's kind of the, the, the one piece of it, like, okay, you're getting a lot of your key guys back, the Robinsons, the Hotmockers, that kind of stuff, which is huge. Um, you know, also, I think the thing that gives me a little bit of confidence that they're not going to take a step back is they, they've done a really good job of developing guys um, and, and finding spots in that defense uh, to, to, to uh, you know, let guys play. I mean, you know, James Williams was not on anybody's radar uh, last, last January, and, you know, all of a sudden he's one of Nebraska's best pass rushers when he gets the chance. So, I, I think the way that they approach things will, will help them continue to build. And I, I think, too, you know, the, the continuity of having Tony White back for year two is huge. I mean, you, you see it on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, just, just having another year of the same verbiage, the same coaching, the same approach is really huge for, you know, kind of building on what you did the year before. And I, I think that's going to be the case with the defense. And, you know, even the, the guys that kind of started to show out a little bit last year, I, I think have a chance to be, you know, all-conference type players. Like Jamari Butler, I mean, he's a guy that is, is such an arrow-up guy in this program. Uh, I think there's a lot of confidence that this defense is going to be even better than they were this year, which there's room for improvement. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, they, they had a heck of a year. We're talking with Michael Brunson, Husker 24-7. Uh, Brunson, just as we're – putting the, you know, a bow on the 2024 class and working on the transfer class, the, the coaching staff already, I mean, they've been at work on this for a while, but looks like they're full throttle on the 2025 class. They got a couple offers out to some local in-state guys yesterday in Pierce, 
Mooberry as well as Jackson Carpenter, a couple of local guys here uh, in the Omaha and Lincoln areas. It, it, it seems like the, the commitment to in-state recruiting and, and locking down the guys in the state for Coach Rule was not a one-off this year just because of the talent in the state. It seems like they are all in on keeping Nebraska kids here. Yeah, no, I, I think I think what they were able to do, and, and I think they've done a really nice job of this, is you know they they've offered and recruited hard, kind of the you know the the, the real like no brainer kids that have you know national offers and you know that everybody's going to be recruiting. And I think what they've figured out, and I, I think other staffs at Nebraska have maybe been slow to do this, is you need to really recruit local kids like they're not local kids. Like, you need to make, you know, if you want a commitment from a kid that's in Omaha or Lincoln or Sydney or wherever, you know, you, you need to recruit them like you would if they were, um, you know, in, in Colorado or Iowa or Texas and, and not just assume that because they're in-state kids that they're going to, you know, just, you know, fall over and, and commit the second you offer. So... I think they've done a good job of that. And, and, you know, I know everybody likes the, you know, the the Ed Foley, you know, tweets and where he's eating and where he's going (laughs) and all that stuff. But, I mean, I I think that that's symbolic. And and in some cases, I think also, you know, they they made offers at some of those schools that he's been the last two years. And, you know, he's not just popping in because they have somebody that's a scholarship-level player. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I think is, fortuitous for Nebraska is you have kind of that work ethic on the recruiting trail and that approach lining up at the same time where the level of talent in Nebraska is is as good as it's ever been in terms of, um, you know, guys that are like power five type players. So that's kind of coming together at a nice time. And I think, you know, Matt Rule and his staff have figured out that you can, you can build a solid foundation of, of uh, you know, a recruiting class with kids in Nebraska because you know they're not going to be the ones that are going to go home and transfer the second something gets kind of difficult and you know and now nowadays in college football that's huge that you can count on that kind of roster continuity and you know I, I think that uh, you know you've, you've seen people around the state that have really appreciated that 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 you know the actions are are kind of uh, lining up with what the coaching staff's saying right now. Bruncey, I was asked this yesterday over text, and, um, you know, I don't think – for me, I don't think uh, there's ever a time where it's too early, but is it ever too early to give an over-under total for this Husker football team? Like, that's the text I got. And I'm like, well, I'll always just give one because, (laughs) I mean, who cares? I I like to have fun. Um, You know, today, Bruncey, I want to ask you this. With who Nebraska has already, expectations that – Dylan Rayola is taking the first snap for this team. Uh, you can maybe speculate where they get some additions in the room. What would you set that, that over-under for the team at, and what number in terms of wins, like a winning number, would be like considered delusional? Uh, if I set it at – I know you have to do the half thing. Um, <laughs> If, if I if you set it at seven and a half, is that crazy? Is that a good line? I think that's a fine line. That's the number. I think, I think eight is a good 
like a good number to shoot for. Yeah. But is is there a number that's like just crazy out of this world? Like would that number be nine? Would that number be ten? Oh yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't go that high. Um, I I think like uh, I think until proven otherwise. And as we sit here in uh, early January doing this, um, I I think. I don't know that you can really go higher than like seven and five. Like that, that in my mind is a good, that's a good starting place because you all, you, you guys know how this is. Like you, you get to August, you start getting a little bit of fall, fall, little, little fall camp Kool-Aid, just a little bit. <laughs> you, just start, you just start sipping it in the morning and you start talking yourself into like a, a win, maybe a win, maybe two wins higher than maybe what you were thinking most of the year. So I think I think seven now gives you that that chance to to, to maybe add one if you need to in August. But I, I I don't know. I mean, it you look at the way the schedule is, and you know a lot of transfer portal stuff still needs to shake out before you kind of get a good read on where the conference is. And you know who knows with the four teams they're adding how that's going to affect things. But I, I do think that Nebraska has an opportunity to get off to a fast start if they can get the offense piece of it figured out and not turn the ball over. So, I mean, is there a is there a possibility that Nebraska's, like, knocking on the door bowl eligibility by the time the bye week hits? Yeah, I think so. Um, but also I'm a little bit uh, – I'll, I'll hedge a little bit just given <laughs> uh, everything I know about Nebraska football for the last, uh, last decade or so. Brunts. Can you imagine the amount of – I don't think it would be Kool-Aid sipping anymore. I think you'd be taking the full, like, Gatorade-style bath if we start to hear <laughs> – Kool-Aid shotgunning? Yeah, you start to hear little rumblings out of camp. It's like, oh, Dylan Rayola looks like he's every bit the guy we thought he might like. like if you start hearing some of those, you're going to be talking from seven to nine pretty quick, aren't you? Well, yeah. I think that's going to be. I think you got to kind of guard against that. Like I think everybody needs. To, I will not guard against that, Brunts. I'm already there. Just put, just put your, just put your 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 coaster over the the lip of your glass. You don't want any more. Just just let it let it play out. I, I think uh, the the thing that'll be nice is you'll actually get to see, um, you know, how things look from the start without having to do it against a power five opponent. I I, I can't. That is nice. Stress how how big that is for Nebraska uh, to not just have to be ready to go in a conference game right out of the gate. All right, Bruns, one minute left. You promised me a Roman Empire before you left the segment. Well, he said he may have. What do we? I, I heard it as a promise. What do we have? Uh, I usually <laughs> I, I probably think a little too much about, like, early 90s WWF wrestling. Oh, yeah, that that's like, perfect. perfect. That that's doesn't shock perfect. me one bit. When he had Peacock uh, for a week, that doesn't shock me one bit. I can't. I canceled Peacock. I'll be honest. Um, Taking up too much of your time. The ninety-seven Royal Rumble. I was like, I'm out. Um, that, that's a good. That, that's a dangerous rabbit hole for me on Wikipedia. Is like old wrestlers and whether they're alive or not. So I think about that. Okay. okay. Next week that's we're gonna play one. Is He Alive from '90s Wrestlers for yeah, uh, Michael Bruns. <laughs> <laughs> Alive or dead. Michael Brunson, Husker 24-7. Appreciate you, Brunson. See you, guys. See you, Brunson. That's Michael Brunson from Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we have more Heard at Sports Radio. Then coming up at 945, we've got Kevin Harlan to wrap up the show here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln.